Metaphysics is going to have to be the quote-unquote religion of tomorrow. If it isn't, you're fucked. Totally and absolutely. Isn't that great? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm a big fan of uh, lovely days. Lovely days and happiness and gratitude and just enjoying the experience. Right. Such a privilege, man. It, it really is a privilege because once Absolutely. you once you realize that it's a decision, you know it's not just being. Uh, you know, connected to your circumstances or your current position or whatever's happening in the moment, you can just decide to feel how you want to feel or look past whatever's going on at the moment to be like, well, this shit ain't working out, but I'm still, you know, I'm going to be all right. You know, that's just a, a decision to be that way. And when you do that shit, it's like, it's literal alchemy, bro. You just transmute your whole fucking experience. Absolutely. And and there's never been really anyone at any time I've ever engaged where even if things are bad, that there's not a litany of things you could be grateful for. Right. And, and some, I guess, I guess people think that that's just kind of just manipulating your mind or tricking yourself and okay, maybe it is, you can frame it that way, but if the result is still better, I mean, right. So is a placebo effect, but if you get better, yeah, if you get better, you get better. <laughs> right. No, no, no. I'd rather keep it real and feel like shit. Yeah. I gotta <laughs> I gotta be focused on bad shit. I can't yeah. help it. Yeah, I gotta be a realist. I'm gonna let this stress eat me alive internally and shave years right. off my life. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. Because <laughs> I'm keeping it real. Movements. I'm They're keeping it real with myself. <laughs> gonna yeah. lie to myself and be like, Well, there's some good shit to be thankful for too. Let me just be happy. Nah, man. Mm. Fuck that. We're way too real for that. I'm thugging, son. I'm thugging. My whole psychology. Well, it is holding on to something. You know what I mean? Like you're insisting for your right to frame it that way. And it totally is your right. If you want to, you absolutely can. You absolutely can. And I won't try to talk you out of it either. when, When you can mentally travel and empathize and look at all of the possible situations that people find themselves in. And you don't have to speculate too much. There's enough reality readily available of people that are having really fucked up days and fucked up lives, right? The the internet is available. You can look it up. Those people exist. Existence can be very horrific. You can always compare your situation to, to people that are really suffering and just, it puts everything into perspective. Like the right. first world problem shit, it's it's like, okay, I get it. It is bothersome to you. It is a problem for you and in your life and your relative level of stress. And your, But at the same time, can you kind of just take this in the, the context of the entire world and all of humanity and the day-to-day shit that, that people experience? Can, can you just choose to look at it in that context before you really explain to me why your day is ruined because, you know, your cappuccino machine, it broke. You got to buy a new one and you think it should have lasted longer and you're pissed. Nah, nah right. it's not. It's not. Right. Somebody has cancer. Just stop it. 
Just yeah, seriously. Stop. <laughs> seriously. Let's 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 really look at the world right now. And uh, Gary V talked about this a, a bunch of times where, and he like admits and warns people like it gets it can get a little bit macabre and shit like that, you know. But it is a real. Uh, I think it's a powerful exercise for you to kind of shock yourself out of thinking one way. This is not something you want to sit in and, and master, you know, but to shock yourself out of a bad way of thinking, he says that, uh, like, there's a phone call that you could get right now that would make everything that you're complaining about not matter. You know, yeah. just imagine getting that phone call. Such and such got in a car accident or such and such had a heart attack. How much would you care about your fucking Instagram ad engagement or something? Like, whatever it is right. that's stressing you out, you wouldn't care anymore. You totally throw that shit to the side and you go address the issue that you needed to address. So, if there's a circumstance that could make you throw this stress to the side, why wouldn't you just adopt that, you know, just just take the make the decision to move that shit to the side if you can. Without the horrific tragedy necessary right. to right. get you to focus what's valuable yeah right yeah dude i told my homie like you you get a flat tire you know you get pissed off you, you fucking kick in the dirt you're sitting on the side of the road with the flat tire and you're like no this piss, pissing me off but if you uh if you found out beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you hadn't got this flat tire up the road you were going to get t-boned by a semi you'd be grateful for the flat tire so i mean what what really changed it's the same flat tire so you can choose how you how you decide to feel about it. You can choose exactly what your alignment is going to be. You can just be like, you know what? I'm I'm fine. It's a flat tire. I didn't spin off the road. I didn't flip my car over and shit. I could have gotten an accident. Yeah, fuck it. This is working in my favor. So I guess if people call that, you know, tricking yourself or something like that, then it's it's, it's clearly psychologically beneficial. It Which, it, it yeah. is, and it and it and it, it's justified as, um really being thoughtful and examining the things that make you angry instead of just accepting that you're just wired that way and you're obligated to be obedient to that impulse. I'm angry. I have to be angry. Nah, you yeah. don't. If you really think about it and put everything into context, 99,000 times out of 100,000, it's, you know, it's something that's probably trivial. That yep. you're giving way too much power to in the big scheme of things. Yep. Well, fuck all that, man. Yeah. I'm just, I'm enjoying this shit. I'm having a great time. I got a lot of shit I still need to do, a lot of revenue I still want to generate, but I'm enjoying my moments. Seriously, I'm having a good fucking time right now. The yard is looking dope. Everything shit is growing all over the place, fruit all over the trees. Just everything is popping out there. My bunny had babies. Oh, nice. Congratulations. <laughs> so we got four baby bunnies outside. And I'm, I just built like a little run, a PVC run for the cage so she wouldn't just have to live in this little cage. Now she's got an extra little piece to run around in. And, oh, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, I had to build it because that, that's how we, this whole ordeal started was we got this rabbit. It was a show rabbit. So somebody was giving away. So it's like some fancy high class rabbit. And uh, so we get the rabbit. It's in the cage. It was living in the house for a while. And it makes so much noise at night in the cage. We started letting it out of the cage at night so it could just kind of run around. It would get in the cage to poop and then hop back out and go run around. So I was like, this is cool. But then the bitch started like, 
chewing wires under the computer and but like she, she, like, yeah, she just start bugging out chewing on shit she would get on my bed and sleep and shit like that and i'd be laying around she'd sleep but she would get on other people's beds and poop on them oh <laughs> right she just had a little attitude like that so it's like i don't know we got to put her in a cage and let her live outside so we put her in a cage outside and uh she was fine for a while, but then I started just feeling bad because all she did was lay around and lounge. She didn't have much to do. So I opened the cage. She starts jumping out of the cage, and she'd, like, just dig around on the ground or something and run, run circles around the cage, and then she'd get back in. So I was like, oh, that's cool. She'd get a little exercise every day. I started letting her out for longer and longer periods of time. I'd let her out 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, 6, 7 o'clock at night when it started getting dark, she'd hop back in the cage and I'd close that shit and let her out again tomorrow. And then one day she just stopped getting back in the cage. She lulled me into a false sense of security, totally tricked me, and she just wouldn't get back in the cage. So now she's just hiding out in my yard overnight and then we'd see her during the day hopping around. And then she moved out of my yard over to my neighbor's house across oh. the street. Goes across the streets of my it's neighbor's far house. Far away from the cage as possible. Right. <laughs> and then she would come to my yard at night because that's where all the food is. Because I got greens everywhere, play, all this right. shit growing. My neighbor just got a lawn. So she would hide over there all day. There's two, two buddies. They'd hide over there all day. And then at night, I'd see them come to the yard. And it was just like the audacity, the nerve of this bitch to escape the cage. <laughs> Go move in at my neighbor's house and then come over here to eat all night and just look right at me in the face. I'm like, okay, buddy. So uh, then she started eating the native plants I was buying and chewing on my tomato plants. I was like, all right, now I got to catch you motherfuckers and put you back in the cage. So I put them back in the cage, caught both of them, built the rabbit run. And bunnies are pregnant for 30 days. That's the only. So I caught her, caught them both, put them back in the cage. She has babies, what, four or five days after I caught her? Have babies in the cage. If, she if I, if I would have caught her later, she would have had the babies, and then I would have caught her and put her in a cage not knowing, and the babies would have fucking starved to death or got eaten by a cat or something. But luckily, she didn't drop them until after she was already safe in the cage. I think it was a strategy. Right, yeah. She, she... I, 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 she's <laughs> like, oh, you're gonna, you can't put a pregnant buddy in prison? You can't do this to me. <laughs> yeah, she jumped out, lived her life. She was living her best life. Had a fucking hot girl winter, running around the neighborhood and shit, and then came home with babies. Like, now I'll stay. And she's probably plotting, uh, she probably tried um, to have the babies in the neighbor's yard. And she was going to try to use them as, like, little anchor babies. Like you can't you can't get me and put me back in the cage. Me. We're citizens now. Yeah, I got children. We're citizens of your neighbor's yard. Ah, fuck that, <laughs> this man. is their home. Yeah, unbelievable. She totally manipulated me, but I think the situation is better now for everybody. She well, maybe not so much, but it's better than the little cage she had. But now she's got like a seven foot run, or six foot something like that, it's five six foot run, and then two feet of just her cage. And she can do some laps if she wants to. She can poop at the far end and come sleep at the other end. So I think she's happy. It's a, it's a compromise. She yeah. clearly communicated to you that um, there's no way she's going back in the cage. Like, <laughs> listen, we're cool. I like the way you grow food and let me eat it. That part's cool. Um, but this, I can't chew on wire shit and I got to yeah. sleep in prison. <laughs> I can't do that. So I tried it and I got to tell you, I like being outside. 
I've yeah. got a little taste of freedom. And if, if I have to sneak into the neighbor's yard, if I have to flee my homeland to, to not go back to prison, that's what I'm doing. You know, yeah. so, I, I'm, so I, I really can't blame her. Yeah. No, I can't. Not at all. I was surprised she made it that long. Every every night that we saw her hopping in the yard, you know, coming across the street in, at dusk, it was like, wow, this bitch is still alive. No, no stray dogs, no coyotes, no like. Dude, you must be smart. You're over there chilling, and then she'd fucking eat everything, dude. I got greens that are like, you know, mustard greens and all this other shit. That's like thigh high, growing all over the yard, knee high plants. They nibble on those just a little bit, and then I have like oregano's and mints and all kind of other shit, and they just eat that down to the root. And like this shit right here is tasty. That other stuff is like iceberg lettuce, basically. So they'll <laughs> chew on it, they'll eat it a little bit. This is that's not bad. But this fucking one little plant that you got over here for yourself, I'm gonna gorge myself on this one. So I can piss me off. I had to get them. I would have just let them live out the rest of their days in the yard. They weren't bothering nobody. My neighbors across the street were cool because it's like, you know, two cute little bunnies running around. They didn't really have a whole lot to lose because they don't have nothing but grass out there. So they were fine with it. They're like, hey, we get to watch the bunnies in the morning. But I'm like, this bitch ate my oregano. (laughs) (laughs) Shit in everyone's bed. Right. Yeah. See? Yeah. We. I, that's really all I got it for was the shit anyway, but just not on beds. Yeah. I wanted to guard it. And if you think maybe, maybe in her mind too, that that was a perfectly reasonable way to communicate her displeasure with something. Like right. if she couldn't figure out why she went in the cage. Like I, I shat in the bed. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I'm letting you know some disdain I'm feeling right now. <laughs> For this person in this situation. So in her mind, she was being completely diplomatic. Like, I didn't murder you in your sleep. I just shit in your bed. I let right. you know I'm unhappy. You put me in prison? Shit your bed. I chewed these wires. Did you get my memo? Right. How like... <laughs> <laughs> Why Do would the wires be there if I wasn't supposed to chew them? Right. I got these fucking teeth. They're growing. The wires. I mean, hey, one plus one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, was, it was bad. It was bad. But I think everybody's happy now. I feel a lot better having her with the with the big uh, space to hang out in rather than the tiny cage. So it's an upgrade. Everybody's doing good, man. Everybody got about 40, 50 peaches on the tree right now. Just fattening up, getting some color on them. Excited. I can't wait for those. Got my first uh, mango uh, flower this year from the tree that my daughter grew from seed. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Flowered this year for the first time. Basically, a seven-year-old mango tree. It died down to the root and the frost we had about three, maybe four years, three, four years ago. So it died to the ground. I moved it, replanted it in the front yard, and it's been growing ever since. And it's got its first flower this year. So I'm hoping there's some good mangoes, man. And mangoes are not true to seed. You know, if you get a seed, you get a mango, you eat it, you plant the seed, it may not grow the same one that you ate. It could have some type of variation in it, which is good because that's how you discover dope shit. But at the same time, you know, it's a, it's a gamble. You might get a crappy ass mango. Apples are the same way. Every apple seed, you can plant 10 seeds from one apple. They'll all grow different types of apples. A little a little different, you know, not probably not vastly different, but they, they won't all be the, exactly the same apple. Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, that's how you get some good uh, diversity like that. I mean, just think about that too. As a 
you know, as an evolutionary fact factor for apple trees, just the genetic diversity you can get from one tree of years and years and years making apples all with these different seeds with that little little bit of possibility in the seeds to become something different. You could end up with a whole orchard of dope ass trees. You know, I got cider trees over here. I got baking apples over here. I got juicing apples over there. All, you could come up, you have all kinds of shit just from one mother apple tree giving you genetic variation. That's just kind of dope. Not to mention ones that can resist diseases and pests and all kinds of shit. All kinds of shit. That's for planting apple seeds. It's probably one of the dopest things people can do just because of that fact. You never know what, what, what could happen. You know, you plant one seed, it just grows for a couple of weeks and then it dies. You plant another one and it could actually, you know, function and function well in the environment that it's in. The, the weather, the soil, all of that shit and just be a fucking great producer. You never know. It was worth it to plant apple seeds. Yeah, and that's such a cool investment of time to do with your kids, to to plant something seven years ago, and then be like, okay, we're just now getting fruit from it now. Right. There's a lot of wisdom in that. Oh yeah, yeah. And you haven't been waiting on it. You ain't been sitting here staring at it. You know, you've been getting on with your life. You're growing, getting jobs, meeting people, doing all, and the trees just over here, hanging out, doing what it do. <laughs> and then one day you're like, oh shit, a mango. That shit's awesome. Yeah, so they're, they're underdeveloped right now. They're not completely ready, so we're just waiting on them. I can't wait to see what uh, to see what we get. It's a lot of stuff fruiting right now. Mulberries are going nuts. Shit's, uh, shit's pretty good, man. I, I can't be mad. Bamboo. Got a couple uh, dope bamboo plants that we've been farming. That's another thing is that uh, we, we got these a few years ago, and we're like, you know, I'm tired of buying shit from the store for trellises all the time you know buying little bamboo steaks or whatever it is for trellises so we got us a couple bamboos and it's you know it's not super abundant right now like we could just build everything we need but we have been harvesting from it and using it to make our trellises for cucumbers and tomatoes and shit like that so we're starting to become more and more you know of a closed system as as time goes by which is which is pretty dope so you get the food out of it and you got a, a lumber supply. We can build stuff. Right. <laughs> You've gotten to the level that you can build things. That's super dope, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the uh the bamboo was always always big uh, a big plan for us because it's so versatile. You can do so much shit with it. It's stronger than most people realize. You know what I'm saying? When it's when you harvest it and it's dried out and everything, it'll support more weight. It'll surprise you, man. It'll surprise you. With the right type of bamboo, you could build a whole chicken coop. And if you uh, treat it, if you coat it with some paint or something like that, some weather weather uh, paint, it'll pro- it could last you, it could probably last you 10, 10 years. A bamboo chicken coop treated the right way, built the right way, could probably last you 10 years or more. And that's just a, a resource that you can grow in your yard and harvest that shit to build structures. I love it. I got two of them. One of them smaller. So it's a thinner diameter type thing you can use for small stuff, really small trellises. And then the other one 
is a thicker diameter and that one you can use for uh for more structural bamboo like i could have probably built the rabbit hutch that we have out here now out of that bamboo because of the, the diameter of it. it's probably it's over an inch in diameter so i got it from my, my homeboy was working we was working on a house together and they had these dope ass bamboo plants in the backyard and I was the when we got done working on the house, I fucking dug me a chunk out and took it home. <laughs> <laughs> I was riding a bus from uh, from down in like Largo, and my my lady was gonna be up uh, further up towards us. So I just instead of having her drive down here, I'll just fucking hop on the bus and go meet her. I'm sitting on the bus with a fucking a Walmart bag with a stalk of you know a cut stalk of bamboo and roots and dirt and bag <laughs> <and> shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm the weirdo today. I'll take it. It is awesome. But yeah, and so good what it, it it grows like one one shoot at a time, and then you just you chop off what you want, and then the rest of it stays in there growing. Right? Is that how it works? Yeah, pretty much. Not really one at a time, like as a rule, because it can it can push four or five shoots at a time. But it's oh, the, okay. it's pretty much. I mean, it's I think if I'm not mistaken, it's on record as being the fastest growing plant in the world right like bam it's unbelievable you go outside one day you look at it and there's a little bamboo shoot coming up five six inches out of the ground you're like oh that's cool you come out three days later that shit's eight feet tall <laughs> straight so up and you're just like what the fuck like you start you looking around at the ground like this can't be the one that i just looked at the other day there's no way i feel like you would almost see it growing like if you stood out there long enough and watched it you see it growing that's how fast that shit moves it's unbelievable but yeah, it can push up a few at a time. And you kind of just, uh, as a rule, you let it go for a while. You harvest the smallest stalks, usually, just to give the, the, the centerpieces, the thicker ones, time to grow and get mature. And then uh, after a couple years, you got enough to start really building what you want to build. And it's, the root mass is big enough to where it's growing fast enough to replace what you take away. And if you got more than one little uh, clump of it, you know, that's even more. And Shit's amazing, dude. I had one, took one piece, came and put it in the ground. That was probably four years ago. Now we have enough to, like I said, cut back and build pretty much whatever small structures or trellis systems we need to build. I don't know. The first thing I would be thinking about is the custom Shaw Brothers Collector's Edition <laughs> cabinets <laughs> made out of fresh bamboo. <laughs> yeah, right. That, yeah, that would look nice. Put them nice. on Etsy for 10 grand a pop. That would probably look really nice. You too. know, you need the whole collection and all the, and that'll be the theme since the videos will probably be so hard to get. It's like it's, you print them all out in like bootleg cases with with <laughs> with with um with the with unmarked DVDs. You just burn the DVR <laughs> right on it and sharpen right it. on it with a it's marker. Like, yeah. This is this is the authentic Shaw Brothers joints, the authentic ones, and it's just it's just bootleg themed. But it comes. It, it. How could it not be officially licensed if it cost this much and it came with a bamboo custom display case? It's not possible. Yeah, it's bootleg theme for nostalgia. For nostalgia. How do you remember buying those DVDs? Yeah. That, yeah. Know. That's how we all got them anyway. Shaw <laughs> Brothers didn't get a fucking cent <laughs> of the money that that shit was making in the hoods and. Getting passed around, they might have got a few bucks from Wu Tang samples, but they ain't getting nothing from the movies we was buying. We was trading, buying, selling like not not at all. Did not they? A, do you think they even consulted their lawyers? I don't think they gave a shit. 
I don't think they gave a shit. The movies, I mean, I when I was young, I don't remember. I mean, uh, maybe around the time that The Last Dragon came out, because I remember seeing The Last Dragon in the movie theater. Around that time, I'm pretty sure there were still places you could go to watch kung fu movies, but they weren't like the regular movie theaters. It was like these weird little hole-in-the-wall places that you could go to. But as as uh, everything else got more popular, early 90s Jet Li movies and shit started coming out, those were all coming out on videotapes first and then DVDs. And all of those little weird uh, kung fu, you know, niche movie theaters turned into, like, weird-ass sex shops or something like that. It was like... It was already CD dark places anyway, and then it just went a little bit deeper. They stopped showing kung fu movies, and the whole shit just shifted. Right. But but I don't know. I could see where money would have been coming legally. Maybe Shaw Brothers could cash in on that kind of shit, like actual theaters showing the movies, maybe. But the overwhelming majority of our access to that shit came from bootleg tapes and uh, and DVDs. So I don't I don't think Shaw Brothers made a penny. At all, even the sat. Um, okay, so there was Saturday morning kung fu flicks, right? So I'm sure that's like some kind of syndication or some. I know there's some kind of yeah, deal. they sold advertising, right? Something, right? So I'm sure they were getting paid from that, that legal shit. But uh, that was that was even younger. So that was when I was still a kid. We were at home watching it after the cartoons on Saturday. But by the time I was a teenager, moving around in the street, everything was bootleg. So yeah, so the bootleg nostalgia theme would actually make it more. <laughs> make it more valuable. Yeah, and you know what? Um, <laughs> I would I would cut them a check. I'd give them three percent of every sale, and until they sue you, and you keep the majority of it. And it's like, listen, I I I already negotiated the terms. I didn't consult you. I didn't know how to get in touch with you, but I agreed to sell this product based on my current overhead, um, and cut you in three percent for licensing purposes. So I just send it to you ahead of time. And at the very least, you know, when you get that cease and desist, um, you have a little bit of leverage. Well, look how well they're selling. Certainly certainly I can continue to go as is. And people (laughs) really are digging the bootleg theme. It's genius. Absolutely it's a genius. And and also, just so you know, because I filed this this money that I've been sending y'all as an unsolicited donation, I actually wrote it off on my taxes. (laughs) 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 Because it's not not actually a deal. You know, I'm not really, you know, this is just I preemptively decided to give you some money from the sales that I'm making. So it's technically a donation. So, you know, I wrote it off. So either way, I'm good. And I'll say Shaw Brothers refused my charity. When they, <laughs> when they, when they send me a cease and desist, I'll say they refused the black man's charity. Ooh, well played, yeah. sir. Oh, yeah. I got it all figured out. They don't want to fuck this up. Well, matter, of fa- matter of fact, <laughs> like now, so if y'all don't want no bad publicity, what you're going to do is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they fuck it up anyway, man. They should be more on the scene. I feel like they still have leverage with their fan base, with their core fan base, I, I feel like they, they're missing out on some leverage right now. People still love that shit. Some, I'm pissed that there's no uh, there's no swag for me to spend money on. I can't frivolously spend money on, on one of my favorite, you know, one of my favorite things. That's kung fu movies. 
Shaw Brothers don't have enough swag, bro. They're, they're bullshitting. I get, I got ten grand. I can either go ahead and just get the hair plugs, or I can get the Shaw Brothers limited edition collector's bamboo display case with all four hundred and fifteen films. Bro, bro, do you know that they have the the same cat, just about the same five characters, the five Venom guys? Oh yeah, they're, they're in every movie. <laughs> they're in every movie. The Venom mob, they call the five Venom mob. They in every movie. Do you know you could put out? A fucking uh, Funko Pop, not only for the the actor, but for every character they played in every movie. So the same guy who plays the Toad in Five Deadly Venoms plays Chief Golden Arms in Kid with the Golden Arms. So it's the same actor, two dolls, and for, you know what I'm saying? Like this shit could go on forever. I don't know what they're doing with themselves right now. Hmm. I'm wondering if it would be this because people that are into comic book stuff, I I could see them buying. The little fun coat things. I don't know. Do you think the majority of people that would be into uh, Shaw Brothers would want to own like the Funko version of it or the Funko Pop? I think, so. Pop? I think, think so? so. Yeah, because I think a lot of the people who are really deep into that any are older anyway. I mean, I'm sure there's it's all ages who are kind of into it, but a lot of people collect. You know, they they're putting out shit from Star Wars. You know, they got the original Luke. Right. From Star Wars and a Funko, and like, and, and that's not necessarily some twenty-three-year-old like, oh, the original Luke. That's probably a forty-something-year-old right. dude who's copping yeah. that shit just to have it because he has that specific nostalgia. If I saw five Deadly Venom Funko Pop, I don't own none of them, but if I saw five Deadly Venom Funko Pops, you'd at least buy the oh, five Deadly Venoms. That's that's you what I'm saying. Might not get all the characters, but but at least get <laughs> I'd get five Deadly Venoms, and I'd be on my way out, and I'd be like, oh shit, Golden Arms. Fuck all shit. They, you know, they would have me back into a corner, bro. Pop. Yeah. No, no, it's different. It's different. <laughs> it's totally got different. Golden That's arms. <laughs> yeah, right. They can have uh, the, the actual golden arm to go with it. Yo, dude, if, if they let me come on their marketing team, until I tell them exactly what to do, exactly where to go. Yo, they make a million. They make a million dollars. They make a Rizzo would buy them all. Oh, yeah. Rizzo would buy them all, and then Wu Tang fans would be on them, and like you know. Yeah, not only would he buy them all, um, I think that there would be a a natural um, partnership, either in him endorsing them or um, investing in it. Right. Like I got to get in on that action some kind of way. Yeah. 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 He'd want to be in some kind of way, but I'm I'm with it, dude. I mean, I mean, I'm already getting excited, and they don't even exist. I'm like, shit, dude. How can, it's how can I get in on this? Can game. I be like a, a middleman between Shaw Brothers and Funko? Like, can I wiggle myself in here some kind of way? And I, you don't even got to pay me that much. Just give me all the swag. Just give me all the shit y'all make. You ain't even got to no, pay me you, that. Much. You need a consulting fee. You're, right. do, you're doing the legwork as the right. visionary. That's you're true. entitled to your consulting fee. And part of that in your writer is going to be, and you want to get. A part one out of the first batch of every everyone created. That's part of your compensation. More this is than why fair. we need the juice. This is why we need the juice. And I'm already talking myself out of money. They haven't even offered to pay me yet. Yeah, right out of the gate. You're just <laughs> like, I would, you know, on principle, I would just really love to do that. No, 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 no. That's no, valuable. No. Don't give it away. <laughs> and now we're adding an integrity tax. Yeah. This guy was totally gonna do it for free, so now you gotta pay him more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that shit would be amazing. I would fucking love 
to be to walk through my house and see five deadly venom Funkos still in the box. I see in this moment, it's like I knew why people did it, but it's like I've never really seen anything that would matter that much to me to buy it and just leave it in the box. Just like just knowing you have it is the big part, you know, big part of the experience. Not all the cool shit. I've read all the, I've read so many comics and I've seen a bunch of cool shit, but it's always like, oh, nice. And I just keep walking. If I saw five deadly venoms, bro, I'd be like, I'm going to need to get all five today. <laughs> I can't, what am I just going to take centipede and toad and come back for the lizard? You can't do that. I, I got to take them all right now. You'd have to. You'd have to. And, and it's that, dude, listen, it's not even five. It's technically there's five deadly venoms, but there's a sixth student who learned all the styles so you get to sell five funkos from um six funkos from five deadly venoms it's, it's fucking beautiful it's beautiful yeah and you know pie may would have to be like a limited edition run oh sh- priest white like, lotus yeah oh my god dude yeah it would be re- it, yeah there's only a, there's only a thousand there's only a thousand <laughs> 500 are available in a lottery and then there's there's pre-orders. Gordon Liu is master killer, all his shit. Dude, they have a wealth, a wealth of dope characters and dope Yeah, you you really could reintroduce it even for a new audience, like to just to put it back in pop culture. There's enough dopeness in there that it would I think it would, it could be resurrected. You know what I mean? Just like people go back and watch certain, um, even if they weren't a part of that era. Like, oh, you know, let me check. It's just one of those things. If you dig this kind of genre, you just got to go and take a look at it. And yeah, the merchandising, it could could completely and totally be bananas. It makes me wonder why they aren't doing it already. It's like, do they not think it would be worth it? Or it just makes me wonder why it's not there. Because that's a that's a real deal media like institution as far as the and that's a huge genre kung fu action flicks yeah you know people love that shit and that's like that's the foundation that's the, i only know of two companies outright that i could even say is you know golden shores and shaw brothers those are the only ones or oh, is it ocean shores one of those but um I, I couldn't even think of any other companies that kind of specialized in that and isn't it kind of like i mean i mean I, i'm probably way out of my element but like a cinema style was kind of popularized. Like sometimes, like when you watch Kill Bill, oh yeah, yeah. you know Tarantino was like, okay, I, I'm gonna borrow from this. Like this oh, is yeah. the flavor of this movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. He plays the Shaw Brothers intro theme at the beginning of his movies. That that old school intro theme that he plays at the beginning is with, from with the Shaw horns. Brothers. Yeah, that's Shaw Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's already a part of people's consciousness, and they may not even know where it came from. The music yeah, that he, true. the music that when he zooms in on the eyes, the close up, yeah, that, that sound that he plays when the people are like, you see the person you want to kill. That sound is from a Shaw Brothers movie called uh, King Boxer or uh, Five Fingers of Death. That's where that sound originated from. Yeah, it's fucking. It's already part of people's consciousness. Yeah, it it absolutely can be um, popular, pop culture uh, reintroduced and uh, exploited for profit. Absolutely, one hundred. Absolutely, one hundred percent. They're missing out on a fucking golden opportunity 
to generate a lot of revenue and just bring and not to mention you know how that shit is you bring it back in one place it influence it, it, the the ripples go out to all these other places so if they bring funko pops the movies are going to start streaming more the all the google searches are going to go up yeah in any of the actors who are still alive and active on social media they shit going to pop off it's just yeah dude unbelievable unbelievable Shaw Brothers, you, what are y'all doing you're going to see a bidding war too because that's going to be a big thing like Disney Plus did the power move and took the Simpsons away from FX. Uh, we, we're going to go ahead and stream it. Mm. We, we got all the episodes. Um, and I, and I, I forget which one did it with South Park for a while. I think Hulu has it now, but for a while Netflix had it. So, you know, they're paying hundreds of millions of dollars for some of these catalogs to have the rights to stream them. Right. So now you, you come, now people are fighting for, you got Hulu Disney Plus and Netflix in a bidding war to try to get this this commodity. No, we want to license them. It's real shit. I know they were yeah. on they're on um uh Amazon. They're on Amazon Prime. A handful of movies. A good a good amount of them. They go on and off because sometimes I'll watch one and then I'll search for it and it won't be there type shit. But they got a good amount of uh, the Shaw Brothers Kung Fu flicks on. Buttholes already in there. Just get you got to get Jeff Bezos on the horn. Yeah, just get him direct. I need his direct line. Just somebody <laughs> get me the, Jeff Bezos direct number so I can just hit him up like, "Yo, Jeff, baby, let me talk to you." <laughs> <laughs> Straight Hollywood exec style. <laughs> yeah, and 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 if they already get, then Amazon pitches it, they they buy up the Shaw Brothers and they'll probably get a lot of the rights cheap cuz they don't, you know, obviously whoever is in control has controlling interest in it now. Like you said they're not doing anything with it. So they'll probably be like, "Ah, this is I I'll, I'll take it." So he gets the rights for pennies on the dollar and then already has this plan ready to go to revitalize the 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 whole collection. Unbelievable. And merchandise it. Mm. It's brilliant. It is. It Disney is. or Amazon needs to own it. It's an untapped market. Is un- and it's and not only is it an untapped market, it's one of the best markets that you can plug into, which is nostalgia. Yeah, you plug into nostalgia, it just exponentially expands and multiplies your earning potential. It just does. It taps into something that's in people's brains, deep in their brain, and they don't even really realize it when they make the purchase. They're just like, "Oh, that thing! I remember that. Let me just buy this real quick." And then if enough of those people buy it, other people are going to be like, wait, I don't know about this. Am I behind the curve? Let me just buy it preemptively. And then I'll go home and Google everything I'm supposed to know. It'll and just bands, make it more popular. Yeah. Dan starts putting out limited edition Shaw Brother themed sneakers. Oh, dude. Oh, my gosh. I'm seeing the designs already for all the movies right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. There's different color schemes, colorways, and different ways just for all the different movies. Oh, good Lord, bro. You could literally make... And Five Deadly Venoms is one of the deepest to farm because there are five separate, really memorable characters yep. with different color schemes, different skill sets. So you could really farm deep into that and create whatever you wanted to do. If you wanted to make clothes, I got five different outfits, five different pairs of shoes. We go five deadly venoms out for y'all, son. It's beautiful. Shaw brothers need to get on top of their game, bro. They fucking up right now. 
I'm mad because I don't have my Funko. <laughs> I should have had it already. Uh, yeah, see that? I, I would have no idea how to realistically make that materialize. Like, who, who would you reach out to? You can't, and you can't, like, patent a good idea. Like, the, right. the moment that somebody who ha- already has access to the infrastructure to make that happen believes it, they're going to, you know, they'll be like, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, let me just go ahead and do that. Yeah, oh. but it was, I, it was my idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what to do. Proving Back into the cease and desist territory. Okay. We 3D print Funko Pop blanks. Just a blank white Funko Pop, and then we do the art, and we'd have to invest in the Funko Pop boxes. I'm sure somebody in China will make us some fake Funko Pop boxes, but we'll change the marketing enough to for people to know that it's a you know an artist rendition, fan made, whatever category it's going to go in, and we just make them ourselves until we get in trouble. Yeah, we just make them ourselves. Five Daily Venom Funko Pop. People will be like, "Wait, what?" Like, "Yeah, son, that's what we got." Cop right now, and uh, yeah, just keep doing it until Shaw Brothers be like, Wait, we can do that, and then we'll just you know, hopefully, the age of social media and evil corporations and all that kind of bad publicity hopefully, that will lead them to the conclusion that the smartest thing to do would be to pay you to your consulting fee, pay me my consulting fees, and totally utilize. The idea of the corporation incorporating the the fandom and the love and just bring me in on the project, walk me around the Shaw Brothers facility, what's that, whatever's left of it, and just you know don't just cut the guy out, be like screw him, it's our we're gonna make our money. Be like no, nah, bring him in, and because that, that's what I would do if I had some kind of freaking big co- you know how Amazon fucking they see you uh, creating something and they're like oh this little guy's made something. And we're going to fucking, we'll make another version of it and undercut him and get rid of his ass. And that that puts bad publicity out. I mean, I don't know how much it hurts them because they're probably too big to fail at this point. But think about how much it could increase if they did something on the other side. They did something compassionate, something forward thinking. What if they fucking went into business with the guy, helped him launch his own thing and made him become an even bigger Amazon supplier? Then they could put that video on their YouTube page. Like, yeah, look what we did. We saw a guy, he made this thing. Yeah, we could have done what corporations do and fucked him over, but instead, we just injected some attention and some currency into his life and exploded his whole situation because we're cool like that. And people will be like, oh, damn, I like Amazon. And then everybody wins. But they got to do the fucking, you know, the giant thing and just step on everybody and crush them all. It sucks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's so much more. This I feel like there's a lot of opportunity in just, you know, showing somebody that love, that attention, and, and boosting them up. I mean, it's not going to take anything away from them. Whatever the guy's making, I think the one I, I, I the article I read, the guy was made a, a camera bag. And I mean, it, this camera bag is not going to be a threat to Amazon. You don't even make camera bags. You just, you do all this other shit. You do the shipping, like, you got all this stuff. This guy making a camera bag is not a threat to you. Why not, you know, bring him on board, make him a millionaire? But instead, they're like, nah, fuck this guy. <laughs> we, <laughs> we make camera bags now. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah, what, what were you saying when they find um a product that's selling really well, yeah, they'll they'll figure out how to make it cheaper 
Yeah. And and basically and undercut the original spots. seller. Yeah. And they and they control the advertising and everything. So when people search for it, even if yours is the best selling, they're gonna see Amazon's first for a few dollars less. The one guy he said that um Amazon yeah. undercut him so bad. They used the same supplier, first of all. They went to his same supplier in China <laughs> to get their shit made exactly the way he had his made. They didn't change nothing. And the guy said they sold them so cheap on Amazon.com. The margin was so so much higher than his. He could have bought the camera bags from Amazon and then turned around and resold them and made more profit than buying them from his supplier. They wow. were cheaper from Amazon than it was from his supplier. So they completely fucked them over. And because, you know, because if, even if it's in China, even if, you know, if, if he's only getting a thousand made or something like that, right. they're going to knock him over the head. Amazon comes and says, we want 30 million made. They're like, oh, fucking 20 cents a pop. Fuck it. <laughs> like, how does that even work? They just want the overall money. And I remember the first time I, I had this conversation, I was young. And it was with my mom's husband, and he was asking it was something about M and M's, and I think I noticed that the M and M's cost more at the gas station than they did at Walmart. And I was like, it's the same ones. Why do they cost more at uh, at the gas station? And you know, the realization hits you. It's like, well, when the gas station buy guy buys them, he buys a hundred packs of M and M's, so they cost him, you know, thirty cents, fifty cents each. And when Walmart buys them, they buy ten million cost them 15 cents each like but why do they sell them cheaper if it's the same bag like fuck it you buy them more you get the hookup son you can't afford to buy a million of them i'm gonna slap you in the head it's terrible. yeah it, it makes sense though it, it makes sense if you're selling if you're selling that product and you're getting that but i mean it's you're 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 getting you're just taking in more, way more capital. Yeah. They got way more. Um, they got way more negotiating power as a customer. You know, if if they can afford to buy that many, so yeah. And they and I don't know Walmart fucks over people too. Like they're cutthroat with their suppliers. Like, look, <laughs> we can get it here at this. You gotta you gotta come under, right? So or we just won't sell your shit. Yeah. And then you're all the way fucked. If people can't find your product at Walmart, you don't even exist. Yeah, and if and if it's your job to do that, you know what I mean? If it's your job, like you're rated whether you're good or not at your job by how bad you fuck over your suppliers by getting them to come down in price. I saved Walmart this much money. I made this much money more for the investors. I did a great job. I created a, s- a shitty situation for somebody, but they agreed to it. So, I mean, it is fair. So, it yeah. kind of sucks. Like, you know, if that's your job and you want to do a good job and everybody, you know, for the most part wants to do a good job, you're kind of forced to be an asshole, you know, unless you just agree culturally. Like, nah, e- even if it's what's in the best interest of the business and we're able to do it, maybe we shouldn't do it. Maybe we just shouldn't. And that's that's the kind of thinking that, um, you know, like you said, Amazon could just not perceive the camera bag dude as a threat. Like, okay, we don't need to take you out. You know, we'll, we just, you know, we, we don't have to undercut you that much. I don't know, man. 
because I try to think about it on both ends of the spectrum, like as as the person that's making money from the one venture and the person trying to make the money on the other. You know, I it's, right. it's hard to get two greedy people to agree on what the righteous equilibrium is. Well, I think it's I think it's uh, when you look at that type of situation, Amazon is making hundreds of billions of dollars. It just is. It's a a whirlwind of revenue. Everywhere they turn, they're making money hand over fist. And not to mention the streaming service, the Amazon Prime. They just they just getting it from every angle. So if somebody like if there could be a whole sector, because now it's a business for people. You you people are finding products, they're making shit, and they're putting it on Amazon to sell because Amazon holds that that name recognition. So they're putting it there to sell. So the fact that people are bringing their products to you to sell them, you already make money because when you, when he buys those camera bags, he's shipping a thousand camera bags to Amazon and Amazon is holding them for him in the warehouse and he pays rent for the spot that his shit is being held in the Amazon warehouse. So they already making money off of them there. And then they're going to take a percentage of the transaction. So they twice, they've already made money from this guy. It seems like they only they can only get better if they were to say, you know, they got some kind of social media campaign where they they keep an eye out for people who are selling products and doing well and getting good reviews and blah, 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 blah. And they just go approach them like, yo, fucking I this is I own Amazon and we chose your product and blah, blah, blah. Just in, inject some energy and some focus into them. Give him a free fucking Amazon marketing course to teach him how to make his ads better. And so every unit he sells still pays you. The more shit he stores at your warehouse still pays you. And you're not in the business of selling camera bags. So he can never be a direct threat. How many camera bags can he sell to to be a threat to Amazon as a whole? Well, I think I think it's probably a major part of their revenue model because they already have a distribution um, they have a distribution infrastructure in place. That's what you're basically paying to utilize when you sell on there. And probably what they see as is a way to, to gain more revenue is when once we notice a product is selling really well and we don't make it, they get a twofold benefit. One, they're still known as a place where you can get anything. They're still like the digital Walmart. Like somebody yeah. probably sells this. But they're not going to make a commitment to, you know, at, to be a supplier of it till they see that there's enough attention. So when they see enough of those kinds of things are, are moving, they're like, okay, well, let's put some money here. And then now we're not just making the, the rental fee for the storage area or the transaction uh, tax or whatever that they take. Um, our margins are way bigger. And we can get the product to people for cheaper, which makes our customers happy. And now they have that product that they've been good. So, I mean, I kind of get it. I, I kind of get why they would kind of be forced to do that as as an opportunity to bring in more revenue. So, yeah, as a, they're not known to just be a camera bag supplier. They they supply everything, and then they probably make a business decision when it's profitable and within their interest to actually be a direct supplier of that product. And yeah. I would assume too, they probably ship it through Prime. And, and right, probably yeah. when you're a seller, there's you probably don't get to have it available via Prime. 
if you're a seller. And and it almost kind of, you know, you kind of got to think about it. They're going to do that with mass-produced shit, and I think maybe that's why Etsy is such a good competitor to them, right? Because that's people making custom shit. So, like, if you're selling a product, if you sell it on Amazon and it can be mass-produced, Amazon's eventually going to fuck you. But if you're making bamboo fucking Shaw Brothers collector sets, <laughs> they don't right. want to get in that business. It's right. handcrafted. And it would probably right. be more expensive to pay for the bamboo coming in from somewhere else than if you're just harvesting it. and Because you're paying the artisan, whoever crafts it. But when you were saying that, I was kind of thinking like, damn, you know, it'd be dope as I like have custom like bamboo furniture and shit. You know, your the supplies are, are the overhead is basically nature's gonna provide it. If you got the bamboo, if you got the yeah. woods big enough where you can keep harvesting it, and and um, you're basically just paying for the person's time and labor to make some shit. Like if you took a product like that, Amazon couldn't just okay, we're gonna find a way to make this custom bamboo furniture, you know, mass produced and easy, more easily available. Yeah. Yeah, custom pieces, a special touch to it. Yeah, to make it, it wouldn't really be worth that while. And right. if you if you record yourself building a bamboo furniture and play some cool like meditative music over it, you probably make double the money just on YouTube views and shit. <laughs> just show people I was done. Yeah, because shit yeah. like that makes gets a lot of um, a lot of views because it's not aggressive. It's not really marketing you anything. It's just. It's actually feeding off your attention. You know, it's not trying to get anything from you other than your attention. My lady watches, it's a, uh, I think it's a Japanese woman, and she looks like she lives out in the mountains and shit. And she just, she'll have like a fucking 30 minute video with dope music behind it, dope, like, you know, wind instruments, Japanese music. And she just goes to the garden and she gets fruit and she digs sweet potatoes out of the ground. And then she'll come and shred the sweet potatoes and drain them and soak them. And then she goes make some dumplings and all of this fucking extravagant shit on in a mountaintop cabin. And then she sets the table and feeds her grandmother and shit like that. These videos get like fucking 100 million views each, bro. It's unbelievable. She doesn't say anything. She doesn't give any cooking instructions. She barely tells you what the shit is that she's using. But it's a, it's like, it's almost just like an unwind video for you to watch after a long day. Like, let me see what this Japanese lady did today. And hundreds of millions dope. of views. That's yeah, super shit. dope. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's a, that's like a whole genre of shit. It's anything that you into, you could probably get away with. Uh, I mean, you, you make more money than not being on YouTube. I ain't saying you're going to get hundreds of millions of views on every video and and become fucking rich and famous from it but if you whatever it is you're doing if you fucking doing you know planting trees if you carving wood if you just turn the camera on put some cool music on it <laughs> you probably get away with making some money off youtube just from the views very very likely and then after you're doing it for a while then you try to sell them like a wood burning kit or something with your amazon affiliate links <laughs> yeah you know what I'm saying? Then you capitalize off that type of attention. Because if people watch you long enough, eventually they might be like, hey, you want you want to try it too? Well, this is the product that I recommend. But I don't know if the Japanese, I don't, the Japanese lady, I don't know if she sells any uh, anything. She's like, she don't even talk, bro. So it's just a, a killer, um, it's a really dope system for content creation. It's just the shit she doing anyway. 
Yeah, and it was it, it's ill that somebody had that idea to to film that whole process and that it would garner that much attention. I'm like, now nah, let's just layer some music behind it. She doesn't even need to be able to talk. Just showing her going through the motions of doing it. Right. That's crazy. Yeah, it's dope, man. See, I'm looking at that. I found this one. I just uh, Googled it and shit, searched it. Uh, 14 million subscribers. And this video from two years wow. ago has 60 million views. And a video from five months ago in the sidebar over here has 26 million. Unbelievable, bro. Dopest shit ever. Dopest shit ever. I love it. I don't personally watch it, but I could definitely see why it has 26 million views, 56 million views, because it's mad soothing. <laughs> cool music and cooking and shit in nature, digging up your fruits. And, yeah, it's just beautiful, bro. It just YouTube. goes to show you how easy, you know, how easy if you take the time to put the shit together, you know, get over your whatever it is, the apprehension of recording yourself doing something and actually just put the camera on, take a little bit of time to throw some music behind it or whatever and just put that shit online just in case. You never know. Fuck around and find 50, 60,000 people that that's exactly what they've been waiting to watch. Shit is cool. I should be doing the same thing anyway, right? I should be. I should have my camera set up in the garden. We should all be doing something. Yeah, I, I'm too baked. I'm too baked to do anything. <laughs> I'm too baked to do anything. You, you take you've taken me down this shamanic path, and <laughs> I got to say, there's this certain there's certain things in productivity that I'm I'm getting way more accomplished. In, in writing and spending time doing music, but for for uh, stringing thoughts together in a coherent way and being on time to places, no, it's so I'm, I'm trying to find the right balance of 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 shamanic venturing and day to day efficacy. I haven't figured yeah. it out just yet. Yeah. I can see that. Well, my um, okay. Let me go to my my post on social media today was a memory from a year ago that said some victories will come from grinding, some will come from stillness. Both are important. So, on with that whole shamanic vibe, that energy. This is that's just part of it. You know what I'm saying? That's just part of it. And once you get more familiar with it and start to navigate it more, you can have more command over it. But that is part of it, though. Seriously, some of your best ideas, like sometime it won't come from a disciplined session. Like, all right, it's three o'clock. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write this uh, this script. I'm going to fucking finish, do some work on this book today. And that that's definitely helpful. And it's smart to set that type of discipline and schedule and, and, and try to stick to it. But sometimes a great idea is going to come when you say, fuck it, I don't feel like doing nothing right now. And you're going to smoke a spliff and you're going to sit somewhere with your feet up and you're going to watch an episode of fucking Rick and Morty and some magic shit happens in your brain. It's extremely possible. It can be delivered to you in more ways than we accept it can be delivered. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We always, not always, but 
just the way we think about stuff, the, the give, get, plant the seed, eat the fruit, like that whole reciprocal relationship makes us think that it comes from the work all the time. You know, I did this and I got that. Sometimes you got to respect the cycles. Sometimes you just got to be like, yo, it's, it's a dormancy. I'm going to have a dormancy for this Thursday. I'm going to fucking smoke some bud. I'm going to eat some good food. I'm going to just lounge. And whatever comes, comes. No expectations. But those, but you know when it's too much. You got to be honest with yourself. You got to be authentic. You know when you're bullshitting, too. But some sometimes that, that chill shit is needed, man. Because it's not going to be um, always swinging the pickaxe that gets the work done, you know? Sometimes it's just going to be putting your feet up and lounging in a hammock that leads you to the next evolution of, of the process. Mm. that's wise that's wise it's real shit so but yeah but like you said you when when you work with it and you in you navigate it more you know the context of what you're doing and how it's affecting you you get that gnawing you know voice in your head telling you you need to fucking get busy you bullshitting <laughs> and sometimes you just really enjoy your fucking nap too so dude how do you uh, the did you did you flesh out more of the that superhero that you threw out? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm I've had so many horrible thoughts fleshing that idea out. I'm like, yo, that's fucking the most brilliant offensive shit ever, and and I tuned it up to eleven. Oh my god, it I'm that was interesting. That interested. was golden. Well, there's I, so I many ways. I, it out. Like, can that's you, re- can you release it, or do you want to? I don't want to put it out there if you don't want to. Oh no, yo, absolutely, yo, it's it's open, it's fair game. This is all. Can, for can you can you just toss the <laughs> just toss the <laughs> premise out real quick? <laughs> so, okay, so my original idea, the original premise was, uh, a black guy who's a superhero who got his powers from being bitten by a radioactive police dog. <laughs> so. <laughs> And then I thought, what if it was the other way around? What if, the, what if the police dog got bitten by a radioactive black man, <laughs> or or he bit the radioactive black guy and the police dog has powers? Like who knows? Either way, the relationship between radioactivity, <laughs> a black guy, and a police dog is something that needs to be explored. <laughs> Oh, dude. I'm I just not that, sure of the configuration yet. That one's really good, too, though. The, it, it is. Because you think that it's going to be the person that gets the superpowers and they're going to be bit by some kind of animal. But some kind of animal that gets, like, the powers of, like, conscious thinking and the ability to speak and do all other kinds of wild shit because they were a racist police dog that, that bit... <laughs> That bit of radioactive black man. <laughs> and so, and so then what powers would the police dog get from biting a radio? That's what we got to do. We got to get on paper. What powers would a radioactive... Now, what powers would a dog get if he bit a radioactive black guy? And what powers would a black guy get if a radioactive dog bit him? It's so. And whoever has the best list of powers, like the best transition, <laughs> that's the direction you go in. Because I'm thinking it it could be the dog could be like a reverse werewolf situation. You know, he bites the radioactive black dude, and then he starts changing. It, it it's really crazy. It's some bugged out shit. <laughs> oh, dude, he starts. He say he he could change into a coherent dude. He becomes <laughs> a black dude at night, a were dude, and yeah. then. 
And then, and then in those moments, he's he, he can communicate all the shit that he did as a dog and why he did it. And sometimes he's just doing fucked up shit with dog logic. But as a human being, he explains it to you in plain language. I was sniffing your ass because I was very attracted to you. I thought you might be, you might be in the right season. You know, you might be ripe. He right. explains it. He explains <laughs> it as as a, as a human being that's transformed. But the Listen, I got so fucked up with it when you told me that. I was thinking of like a whole team. Cuz cuz it's it's an act of just overt horrific historical racism. Like it's iconic. The German right. shepherds biting people is fucked up horrible it is. It's iconic imagery of like, yeah, this is what black people went through in the 60s. But there were so many different fucked up shits that could translate into superpowers like like an Aquaman character cuz they're sprayed with like fire hoses. Like, mm. every kind of oh fucked up, God. oppressive action leads to some radioactive, like, hero that comes from it. There's the dude that gets bit by the police dog. There's a dude that's sprayed by the hose. There's all kinds of shit. You can have a Professor X dude. Like, his, he gets special brain powers because he got cracked in the head with a baton. It's super <laughs> fucked up. Like, is, this so a, much... is this the racial injustice league? It's... <laughs> <laughs> Is is that who we're describing right now? It's horrible. I felt horrible for even for for my mind wandering me there. But once you threw that out, I was like, okay, I okay, that's that's super fucked up. But I see the genius and the humor of it. And yeah. then just the things that started popping up in my head, I felt horrible. I felt horrible that that that, that would even come into my head. So I kind of want to blame you, but I can't. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I can't because <laughs> it still popped in my head. Yeah, you, I, the original idea was pretty bad, but you definitely took it to the next level. I think it's, oh, yeah. I think it's overall funnier if the guy is radioactive. I think that's just funnier. If the dog gets powers from biting a radioactive black, I think that's that's just <laughs> hilarious. That's but being bitten by a radioactive dog is also, I mean, it's, it's a valid a valid groundwork for a wild ass graphic novel. Dude, it's a. It's like a it's 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 a Black Panther bite. There's just so much, just more overtly horrifically racist. It's yeah. it's you you have a Black empowerment character that's that's created specifically from an overt act of racist violence. It's it's yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad, but it's just a funny spin on it. Like oh, you Spider Man got bit by a radioactive spider. Just some random shit in an experiment. But, like, what if you took that concept and you applied it to, like, um, you know, oppression? You know, that's what you get. Racist police, racist radioactive police dog. Yeah, it's, I'm sorry, but it's going to have to get added to the, uh, <laughs> it's going to, it's, it's getting added. Yeah, it is. It's just too good. It's too good. There's too much in there. To just let it go as one of those. Oh, that that was that funny idea I had once. I feel like a, a with smart writing and real like care taken to not just be goofy. That right. shit could probably turn into something dope. And people, of course, people would be pissed at it. You're gonna have mixed reviews like this is disrespectful. It's horrible. But you know, you gotta think like bamboozled. No. Sometimes the shit that you make to be a lesson, people just consume it totally the wrong way. People would call it heroic. In right. this environment, <laughs> right. you would be heralded as the new Stan Lee, and people would be like, yo, this was the most, this is the most raw, righteous, 
in-depth analysis of American culture and the racial dyna- dynamics as as told through the stories of this 1968 superhero. It's just, it, it has all the ingredients that, look at all the things that came out as legit to be taken seriously that were fucking ridiculous. The mm-hmm. hero is a girl with a backpack that never runs out of stuff. That's his fucking superpower. Right. They had, that was Felix the Cat. Felix the Cat just had a bag of shit. He just, oh, magic, it's, it's something in the bag. That's not <laughs> anything new. And she, yo, superhero. She's a righteous uh, social justice warrior superhero. Man, a dude that gets bitten by a radioactive racist German shepherd? <laughs> Heroic. Well, first of all, where'd you Heroic. get a radioactive German shepherd? First of all. <laughs> you said bit by a police dog. The iconic imagery Dictates. No, no, I mean, that's what it's people gonna are going to be asking. That's it's... what people are going to be asking. Where'd you find? Uh, how did that even come about? That's a backstory we don't even have to go into. No, We're not it, going it, that it, far. It's, it's no, just no, no, a, no. Yeah, it's a radioactive police dog. Right. <laughs> I think that just leave it. so much better. Yeah, just leave it. It's a radioactive. But how did the German Shepherd become? It doesn't matter. It's a radioactive German Shepherd, and he's racist. That's a different story. You're you're <laughs> looking for a different story. We're not telling that story. It's not what this is about. Yeah. It's actually it's white privilege that you're trying to find that story instead of right. the rich the rich story that's being presented to you here. Yeah, you're not you're marginalizing voices that should be heard. <laughs> should be called? Up. Is it a where? Uh, not instead of a werewolf, is it like a werepock? Where poc? Hmm. It's 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 complicated. There's a lot to there's a lot to figure out. But like you said, the backstory doesn't matter. But <sighs> but when you tell that when you tell that story about how how the German Shepherd became radioactive, and you figure out that who fucked him up was another dog who was a weird dude who got that way by biting a radio. <laughs> Actually, you could make it to where it's a constant chicken. A chicken, ver- the egg syndrome. You know, you don't know who came first, right? Because this dude that's radioactive, you find out later on that he ends up infecting a dog that bites him after he is already infected, and and because he's a radioactive black man with these superpowers that was bitten by a radioactive German Shepherd, the German Shepherd that bites him becomes a radioactive <laughs> dog with superpowers. <sighs> Gosh. And he fucks up the other. So it's a, it's a. You never know which one came first. There's it's no way to know, right? <laughs> they both can't be true, but somehow they both exist in this universe. The radioactive paradox, right? And what a great and what a great uh, just metaphor for the constant uh, escalation and cycle of violence, right? There's just radioactive black men infecting German shepherds, radioactive German shepherds making superheroes out of their victims. <laughs> It never ends. <laughs> yeah, making superheroes out of their victims. This is starting to remind me of the predatory deer from <laughs> <laughs> this is, the victims always get the powers. What's happening here? No, I love it. Yeah, this is that's a good one. That's a it's, good one. When I thought about it, I was like, this might be wrong. Let me just double check to see if this is wrong. Like it's I'm probably bad, wrong, but I'm a I'm a bad person to to run it against. I'm a bad person to gauge because I'm going to tell you yes, yes, absolutely, do it. But I'm, yeah. 
I it, it the, the only if it, the only thing I would ever protest to is if something was just like it was just like completely like mean spirited and hateful. You know what I mean? Like anything that's designed in that that there's no like artistic merit to it and there's no humor to be mined from it. You know what I mean? But yeah. as far as like what it actually looks like on the again, this is from the mind of Hail Hitter. This well, exactly. is I can't I can't <laughs> I can't <laughs> I can't exactly. shit on anything. I was going to say that the radioactive dog was his. Oh. <laughs> it came with him through the portal. It came, uh, it, came with is... the... <laughs> it just got worse. It just got worse. Ten times worse. <laughs> like, why? How did your dog, how did Hell hit his dog become radioactive? He was doing some kind of experiments, time travel. And... <laughs> Hello, dude. He's doing some experiments. Next thing you know, he's got a radioactive German Shepherd. Oh shit! But the great thing about that is, you first you tell a story about something that, on its face, is super offensive and problematic. But then when you start breaking down the origin story, oh yeah, it's a guy that's like Iceman, but he's just like Hitler, and he's got this little patch of snow under his nose. It kind of <laughs> looks like a mustache. And every time he calls down the hail, he says "Hail Hitler" to describe what he's doing, and he flings his arm out. You know, to call down the hail. He's hailing. He's, you know, hit you he's with. hitting people with hail. Yeah. He hits you with it. The hail. He so then you. that becomes even more problematic. Like, wait a minute. You answered a fucked up racist question with a more fucked up racist enigma to explain right. that. Yeah. Yeah. So every perfect. time. So, so you basically have an onion that gets progressively more and more offensive. Yeah. So by the time you, you, you are faced with this new outrage, you forgot what the original outrage was that caused you to start peeling back the onion layers to begin with. It just, it's infinite regress, regress offense. I feel like that's, that's the, that's the imprint for us to release all our graphic novels under problematic onion. Dude. That's every- the, it just gets worse. The deeper you go, you're just going to be more and more offended. You might not be offended at the first few pages, but by the time you get deep in here, something's going to piss you off. Dude. That's I, I like that 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 one offensive character is birthed by another offensive character, and every time you introduce a new character, they have something to do with another character's origin story. <laughs> yeah, that, that that would be a dope task to try to tie it all together like that too, and it wouldn't be hard. Hail Hitler's dog being the German <laughs> Shepherd is pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that makes it so much worse. It's like it's already a racist police dog, but then you tie him to Hail Hater. It's like, oh wait, where where are we going with this? Right. Like, he's yeah, actually a, he's actually much, much older, but he was found. He he thawed out and got into and got into he was he was from the thirties. He was right. from the thirties. He got thawed out in the sixties. He was com- perfectly preserved. He's a purebred German Shepherd. The purest bread. <laughs> Pure bread. Pure bread. None of those mixed, uh, you know, with the 700 hip dysplasia. None of that shit. No. It's from it's the master breed. The clean blooded German Shepherd. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. This is so bad, dude. This it's, is horrible. It's awful. Yeah. It is. It, it really terrible. is. <laughs> it really is. There's no excuse. There's no excuse for this type of madness. Hail Hitter's dog. Yeah, Hell Hitter's dog is radioactive. I could just see him on the front cover of his graphic novel, 
doing his hail hitter symbol with a, <laughs> with, a, with a glowing green German Shepherd next to him. <laughs> it's got to be green because it's radioactive. So, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's got a it's got the, the the collar with the dog emblem on it. It's a lightning bolt. And he's, oh, he's and got he's got one of those armband regalia. Yeah, he's got one of those little uh those little work vests, the dog he's got the dog vest on, oh, the utility shit. vest and shit. Yeah, dude, with a lightning bolt on him. He's got a little swath of hair that he combs to the side. Oh, right that's on terrible. his cute little doggy head. Yeah, he's got a little flip over right there. Yeah, dude. Radioactive military dog. <laughs> Comes right, through the name? portal. Well, what, okay. let me look up. What was Hitler's dog's name? That's got to be public knowledge. <laughs> well, it's just straight up. Let's just go right for it. It can't be as bad as uh, uh, H.P. Lovecraft's cat. Oh, his dog was named Blondie. I love it. Blondie. Great. That is the best dog name ever. Wait a minute. Does Especially that make that Blondie guy. problematic now? It should. We can't listen to Rapture anymore? It should. I mean, I thought it was already problematic, but, you know. Adolf Hitler's German Shepherd, a gift as a puppy from Martin Bormann. Martin, Martin Bormann is an asshole. He gave Hitler a puppy. Oh my God! Children. He had a puppy named Wolf. Cause of death: cyanide poisoning. That's, <laughs> that's the actual with dog. Me, Wolf. Yeah, you coming with me, with bro? Me. Damn, he gave his dog cyanide poisoning. It was an animal abuser. That makes him a little worse. Uh, yeah, dude. I'm just seeing like wolf Nazis, werewolf Nazis. Right. That's they, yeah. Done. Uh, I'm sure it has. It has to. There has to been that there was that there was that that there's some sort of mythology where the Nazis were were liken. There's gotta be, bro. There's no movie. There's no werewolf Nazi movie. Googling werewolf Nazis now. Oh, there's one called Werewolves in the Third Werewolves of the Third Reich, 2017. God damn it. But it wasn't high up in the listing. They fucked. They must have dropped the ball. Two point five out of ten on Amazon. Yeah, they, they didn't do good. Oh, wow, dude! Nazi werewolves, the secret Nazi guerrilla organization, war history online. What? Yes, Nazi werewolves. The history of the National Socialist Guerrilla Movement. Werewolf. Holy fuck! Werewolf story of the Nazi resistance movement. That this there was a real. Oh my god, dude. Oh, Nazi resistance. So they were against the Nazis. I don't know. Oh, what are the Nazis who were resisting people trying to stop the Nazis? <laughs> you know, I don't know. The Allies were advancing in Berlin. They thought terrorism. Hitler had always been a big believer in the occult, numerology, zodiac. It morphed into a kind of obsession. This ain't telling me shit. Were they good guys or bad guys? Oh no, they were bad guys. Founded okay. by Heinrich Himmler in 1944, oh, yeah, right. when it became clear Germany would be invaded, the werewolf guerrilla movement was given the task of slow, slowing down the Allied advance 
to allow time for the success of negotiations or wonder weapons. So yeah, they was out there trying to protect the Nazis. The werewolves, bro. And that's where werewolves come from, Billy. From now on. Yeah. <laughs> this is where werewolves come from. Werewolves All are that- racist. The ancient mythology of fighting with vampires, and it's all bullshit. It's bullshit. Right. Reality is that that's what the Nazi superpower were. They were wolves, and they couldn't let anybody know. They couldn't let the secret out. Goodness gracious, bro. They had the unlocked werewolf technology, and eventually one of those wolves bit somebody, and you know, a new offensive superhero was made. And he's been passing down the mantle through time. <laughs> Hail Hitter brought it. You know, he adopted a radioactive puppy. Mm. And he just, uh, yeah, this is the children. Oh, there it is. So Blondie's puppy was named Wolf. So our dog's name is Wolf because he's the son of the of Hitler's dog. <laughs> <laughs> My mother, Blondie. Yeah. He's the son of Hitler's dog, and he grew up radioactive. Dog. <laughs> and it was misreported that he was he committed uh, unsolicited suicide by Hitler giving him cyanide. He asked, that was just a story. He escaped to Argentina. He right. escaped, yeah. I love it, dude. So now we got an origin story for, for a werewolf. The were dog who's gonna yeah, this is good. Not good, good, but it's good. <laughs> it's actually pretty terrible, but I like it. <laughs> what you mean is it's coherent. Right, it the, makes the, sense. It's sticking right. together. We figured we figured out a way that reasonably Hitler's dog's son could travel through time to create a to create a dog band in the future, whatever his name's gonna be. Right. And the guy that he bites is a classic conquering our own negativity type. Mm, and he that, makes him like a, a, an extremist. Right. He right. turns him into a straight <laughs> Molotov throwing fucking, but only on the full moon when he wolfs out and he turns into fucking uh, Umar Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> He turns into Umar Johnson on a full moon. He just freaks out, starts wiling. Oh, I love shit. it. <laughs> I thought he just got the powers, but he actually becomes a werewolf with his powers. Yeah, yeah he okay. has he has powers. You know, when he's regular, he, he like like remember the movie? You ever see that movie Wolf with Jack Nicholson? Uh uh-uh. uh Where it's 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 a werewolf movie basically, and. uh you know, during his time, the whole thing, the mythology in that movie is the more times you turn into a wolf, the the more of yourself you lose with each transformation until you just turn into a straight wolf and you never come back. So the first few times he turns, he just gets a little bit hairy. His, his senses get keen and, you know, then eventually he starts hunting Then he gets hairier and more claws and then eventually, you know, wolf and no more man left in him. Oh, but I like how... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that progression, and I like how your regular experience is still heightened because you got the wolf blood in you, so you can hear better, see better, you can sense people's lies because of their pheromones and like all the heightened senses to help you navigate the world better. 
but then every now and then when the when the full moon comes, you wolf out and and freak out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how we gonna do. Oh shit. So basically, a radioactive dog bites Terry Crews, and then <laughs> who, who becomes more and more like Umar Johnson every time he uses his superpowers. He was actually trying to protect the cops when he got bit. I was like, "Hey, fellas, yeah, he's just super friendly and helpful. He's trying to reason with people, you know. Like, you know, we don't need the resorts. This is he's just yeah. He's just he's super. Let's get along to go along." Just doing everything right and by the book. The biggest ally to the cause of, of white supremacy at that time. And what did he get for it? He got bit by a racist ass son of Hitler's dog. And it made him Umar Johnson. Oh, <laughs> man. It's good. Uh, I think, yeah, I like it. I like it. We can it's, get. It, I like it because it's super on the nose. That's yeah, what I'm... <laughs> it's not subtle at all. It's not subtle at all, and we gotta we gotta get as close to Terry Crews as we can without getting sued. That's yeah. gotta conquering our own negativity. That's our that's our main character for sure. I love it. Oh, Stanley, Stanley from Friday. The, the, the soft neighbor dude that's always telling people to get off his lawn and shit. Oh, One of those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get off my grass. Yeah, I like it, dude. I like. We just need a name for the for the superhero. Yeah, I was thinking about. It. I couldn't think of anything that that captured the essence of it. Yeah, we. Got, I'm. I'm gonna work on that. We need a name for the superhero. Something terrible. Something absolutely horrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something absolutely horrible. Maybe it should be called Coon. Mm. Conquering our own negative. Just the that would be the title of the of the graphic novel. Uh, just to piss everybody off. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> that's just that's just begging for hate. So please. Please oh, yeah. come They're gonna come hate it me. anyway. Might as well make them go hard to fuck it. Yeah, you're you're rage soliciting. I love it, dude. Maybe yeah. I don't know the hound, or something like that. Like I don't know, coon hound. hound. No coon. <laughs> Where coon? <laughs> but he's but he really wouldn't be because he's turned into a militant dude. Right. That's true. That's true. That's so. True. I don't know. I don't know. His name should definitely have to be because you know Spider Man is Spider Man. He's bitten by a spider. Dog Man is just like no. And I think there was a Dog Man. So I I don't know. I don't know what what would be the I don't know. But for some reason, when I said Essence, I feel like his last name should be Essence, whatever his real name is. <laughs> Martin Essence. I don't know. This Essence. I don't know. Just feels like a, a super exotic and unnecessary, like an unrealistic last name. I love it, dude. I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. We wear coon is you can't. Yeah, we can't, can't. do. That's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> That's the opposite. It, it sounds really bad. And the the um can't do just the coon because South Park did the coon with Cartman, right? Which is the most fucked up superhero so far. 
like just a self-serving superhero. This is something a little. Di- I mean, it's different. So like the word coon could be in it, but it couldn't be. It couldn't be just the coon because they already made something iconic with that. But that that feels that feels like in that vein would make sense. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's something in there though. Like in how uh, when you turn into a werewolf, you wake up the next day and you find yourself covered in blood and shit. You're all disgusted trying to figure out what you did. That's what he would be feeling when he woke up after he did some revolutionary shit. Right. He sees himself on the news burning down some statue or something. And he's like, what have I done? How can, how am I going to live with myself? Right, and he wakes up in like a dashiki and a, and a beret <laughs> and just, how did I get in these? What happened? <laughs> He wait. He wakes up, fucking sleeping in a Popeyes dumpster. He just mm. wakes up in a Popeyes dumpster. Like, how did I get? How did I get here? Just fucking gorge yourself, hid in the dumpster. Just fell asleep. <laughs> it's, it's, it's. Yeah. The the name. The name will be. The name will be important. That's the next step. But as far as the premise, yeah, there'd be a there'd be an infinite amount of stuff to mine from that. Yeah, it but is. yeah, I like it because it's so on the nose. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. <laughs> it is. It's pretty disrespectful as a premise. It's, it's just, pretty disrespectful. Right. It's not. It, yeah. Like you said, it's not subtle. It's not subtle. And if but you I, set it in in civil rights times, like you said, if you set it in that time, it makes it even crazier because, like, imagine how much more uh, effective, how much more impactful his wolfed-out revolutionary shit would be back then. Right, and how necessary. So much outrage. Necessary, yeah, and so much outrage. They'd be like, how dare, what the fuck? See, now you throw a couple Molotov cocktails now, that ain't shit. That's just the normal. You know, that's that's entry-level revolutionary right now. (laughs) It is. That's, you know, that's where you start. That's that's level one. You throw Molotov cocktails at cops. It's just like, you know, you just got here. You got you ain't earned no badges yet. You ain't beat nobody up. You didn't do nothing. So you just start you off light. Take this Molotov cocktail, you light it, and throw it at those guys over there. No, but you really could you really could uh make points from a lot of different perspectives by having that kind of character. Like just how like, you know, granddad and Riley and um Huey like represented different different time periods and different consciousness like you could have that like where you you know you you could mine a lot of material from when he's just regular you know Johnny Essence you know trying to to get along and see the bright side of things and the best thing you know and then the need for him to become you know the the werewolf man right and he's why, missing why all these necessary. opportunities. Yeah, he's missing opportunities to to wake himself up and to see what's going on. But and also, it's it can go both way too because sometime, of course, he is gonna have a point, and people not gonna be listening to him. They're gonna be like, "Nah, fuck that. You you a coon, bro." <laughs> he's like, "Nah, look, I'm telling you some real shit." It was like it could go either way, but having him wolf out and and, and of course that's probably gonna go both ways too because he can't just do righteous acts. You know, stuff like he's gonna do some 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 thugged out shit too, because he's essentially just an angry wolf <laughs> who's fucking people up because he can. 
So that, that <laughs> it'll be a progression there too. Yeah, the first time it'll be some people threatening the old lady, but then eventually he's just gonna be ripping apart anybody white that he sees. Right. Right. <laughs> like, no, that guy was one of our allies. Like, fuck him. He was on the street too late at night. It was full moon. <laughs> can't jog around here. <laughs> you know what this is? Werewolves. This is Brooklyn, bitch. You can't jog here. <laughs> <laughs> We jogging at fucking midnight in Brooklyn, bitch. What do you think this is? Yeah, just doing, just doing stupid shit. You know, just over, just at the drop of a hat, dumb shit. Yeah, I, I see. I, I see that same energy could be channeled for some sort of righteous rebellion or just fucking dumb shit. But to analyze it, like coming from like the same, the same kind of source. I don't know, man. It could be interesting. You could either everybody would hate you, or you'd you'd make the time cover of Time magazine, and the, that would be the first word on the review would be heroic, heroic, <laughs> heroic. It, it could be exactly what this current culture is looking for. Yeah, I'm leaning towards heroic. I'm that's what I heroic. choose to see. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with that one. I think that's where this one's going, and then it'll you, kind of bring in everybody else. You got a lot of leeway to escape problematic. It's gonna it's gonna be hard for them to completely dismiss you as problematic. True. Especially with this particular subject matter. Yeah. It's gonna be hard. Cause you trying to you're gonna have to check your privilege if you wanna <laughs> Right. <laughs> right out of the gate. <laughs> right out of the gate. Check your privilege. Check your privilege. And don't even get me started on whether or not you've been stabbed. So I don't even want to, I don't even want to go there. You probably haven't even been stabbed recently. <laughs> when's, when's the last time you've been stabbed? <laughs> that needs to be the first line of defense to any kind of criticism. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you were stabbed? Just assume that they've been stabbed before. Well, yeah, the last time. Obviously, you had to have been stabbed at some point in your life for you to feel okay to address me like this. Did <laughs> Right, so obvious, right? So you've earned this right, right? So you've been stabbed. When was the last time you were stabbed? And That's then as soon as you get to that, what? You've never been stabbed? My God. Never? Yeah, I you think have you the need nerve. To you got the nerve to be trying to marginalize stabbed voices. <laughs> <laughs> what a great, what a great judo move. You can't yeah. criticize. Stabbed voices. I'm stabbed. You're marginalizing <laughs> stabbed voices. And of course you're going to see it your way and be offended because you've never been stabbed. Right. <laughs> and you can't, even, you can't even ask me what happened. How did I get stabbed? You can't. No. You can't do none of that. Uh, you can't do none of that. Are you, that's are like, you stabbed, Jamie? What that's, like asking a, that's like asking a sexual assault victim, what were you wearing? Right. You can't ask me why I got stabbed. So you want me to relive the trauma for your fucking amusement? I need to validate myself to you as a non a non stabbed ableist. That's what I'm supposed to do. No, no, I'm, I'm not going to be gaslit into providing you yeah. with, with with stab trauma porn. And then you got to literally turn your nose up and and walk away. You, you're officially able to completely look down at them and dismiss them. Every interview, every interview. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's the best move ever. 
And then you have the moral high ground. And then it, if they want to run anything, because someone's going to capture what really happened. I mean, they're going to see you looking down at someone who, you, you, who clearly deserves to be dismissed for never being stabbed. And then probably what eventually what would happen, people would start running up to you to try to interview you, like already lifting up their shirt to show you where they've been stabbed, like immediately trying to validate themselves and, and, and be credible right out of the gate. And then you just flip it on it again. It's like, look, just running up and showing your wounds like you're trivializing the whole thing. You obviously have no respect. I, I, I choose not to discuss this with you. There's always it. now. I love it. Stabbed privilege. Unstabbed privilege has to be checked. People just start walking up to you. They lift their shirt, show you their wound, and just tell you how long ago it happened. Before they, <laughs> before they even start talking, they just lift their shirt like uh, three years, six months. <laughs> like, okay, I'll, ta- I'll take your question. <laughs> I'll take your question now. I'll, I only want to commune with other stabbed voices. <laughs> At the press conference. Um, right now, we're only taking questions from stabbed voices. We want to give, we want to give stabbed voices a forum to be heard. Uh, people with non-stabbed privilege, we'd ask you to please wait, wait patiently and quietly while we attend to the stabbed voices first. It's great, great to run a press conference that way. Oh yeah. I have a question. I am uh I identify as beef broth. <laughs> I was stabbed three years and nine months ago. <laughs> oh chili dogs in glass bottle coats. <laughs> All right, go ahead with your question. Oh, shit. oh uh, dude, that's a fucking great skit of have some shit where you talk in all that that same kind of professorial college campus language and you frame it in the exact same way that it's framed now but but you but all of the hot button issues you just make them some arbitrary shit and you just don't explain why like why the complexions are the color of soup cans why it's so important to have non-stabbed voices like just like that's a thing. Like I thought we were just sticking to races and religions. No, no, no. Whether you've been know. stabbed or not, whether you owned a goat cart as a child. Um, for the people that have goat cart as children privilege, uh, we're gonna go ahead and take the questions from the people who did not have goat carts as children. Uh, we're gonna let those voices be heard now. You just go down a litany of of just arbitrary what the fuck kind of things. Like people are choosing to identify and group up by this shit now. Like if you endured. The trauma of of never owning a goat cart as a child, you were deprived of something. You have a support group. You're in a group. That's great. Or make them all like, yeah, that's actually what these are. The support groups. The support groups. Like, uh, right. I'm afraid to get on a plane. We we're in a group because we're all afraid to get on a plane. Uh, we're in a group because we all have agoraphobia. So we talk about how the outside is terrifying to us. And so yeah, we basically made everybody therapy groups. They made their own, like Fight Club. People needed their groups so they could link up and talk about their problems and cry with each other. That's pretty much what those ther- those groups were in Fight Club. They were safe spaces, right? Hey, that's fair. That's fair. I think you could actually go through the whole movie Fight Club and explain why it is exactly this. 
And so yeah. when they start doing Project Mayhem, that's just fucking up the people that they perceive as being, you know, the people that they're needing therapy from. They're lashing right. out in 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 uh, violent, uh, organized ways um, because they 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 feel um, they feel let down or oppressed or marginalized. Fuck it, with the banks, the banks have fucked us over. Let's blow up the banks, is you know. Yeah. And if you don't agree, it's because you also need therapy in a group. You just don't realize it yet. So you're too attached to your to your things, you know? They said the person who steals from me is not a thief, but my liberator. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? So you are too attached to your things. You like your car too much. So I'll I'll destroy your car. That way, you know, you Mm -hmm. to process the loss, maybe that'll help you find your way to the therapy that's gonna save you. Right. It's a complete it's a complete attack on materialism. Yeah. So it makes sense that the banks are blown up at the end of it and why everybody's credit debt, everybody's record of of just unchecked appetite and access to shit that they don't need. We're gonna get rid of that. Yeah. Mm. That's dope shit. Yeah. Dope shit. Blow that shit up, son. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Blow that shit up, son. I love it. Metaphorically, lyrically. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. It said the quote is the liberator who destroys my property is fighting to save my spirit. The teacher who clears all possessions from my path will set me free. That's amazing. The liberator who destroys my property is fighting to save my spirit. That's some crazy shit. Especially from the deep, you know, bothered place that he's coming from. That don't mean going to somebody's food forest garden property and wreck their shit because you think you're fighting to save their spirit. <laughs> They're finding their own zen. They're fine. But the people who are packed into their, you know, sard- sardine projects with all their things and their stuff and their Ikeas, that's, you know, that's what they're talking about. The people who are finding solace in their duvets. <laughs> <laughs> And fuck the fact that I even know what a duvet is, right? That I blame society for the fact that I even know what a duvet is. It's a blanket, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Why isn't blanket good enough? I don't know, man. And that's what that's exactly what they were fighting against. You've never gotten any kind of impulse like I gotta go out and I gotta look for a duvet today. No. Right. That's never happened. Never. I wouldn't judge you if it was, but I would assume that that's never been the case. I I don't think, I don't think I personally know anybody that a, a dude that would like. Yeah, I need to go get a duvet. You you you've heard the term and you've looked it up. That's as far as it goes. Yeah, it's not I taking up space. Right. Not taking up too much space, but he was pissed about that. That was a big part of the, uh, you know, that was a big part of his conflict is that he had knowledge of all these random things and it's just taking up fucking space in my head. Why do I care? Why should I even know what this is? It's like, it's just a blanket. All I should know is blanket. But the fact that I know the word duvet against my will (laughs) is fucking up my whole, you know, base level hunter gatherer mind. It's like this is not good. 
Dude, I love it. I, I think we're on to we're on to something very special with this guy. This is I'm telling you, this is gonna tie it all together. We got so many cool working parts, so many, you know, so so much shit that can I think the fact that we can offend in almost all directions is gonna work in our favor. Absolutely. It, and it, I think it's the most um honest and responsible and inclusive way to do it. I would I would be offended if there was somebody that we didn't offend. I wouldn't want anyone to feel left out. Yeah. So it it that that's that's where the new inclusive uh, spirit of inclusion needs to be. When you talk about diversity and inclusion, you know, let's let's include as many people from as diverse of backgrounds as possible to be bound together in their offense. Let's all be offended together. Right, it's like forcing them into therapy by destroying their possessions. I'm going to force you into camaraderie through your offense. Mm. <laughs> you all, you guys think you thought you didn't agree with each other, right? But you found common ground in being offended at our material. So that means you guys are friends now. So we helped you. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, we're bringing bringing people together through the camaraderie of offense, of common offense. And you came because you were offended, but you stayed because you could feel the love. Right, right. The camaraderie of outrage. Mm-hmm. And then you start to see that the people that you think that you hate or you think that you should be outraged about, they're not different. They're just looking for something to be outraged about, just like you. Right, right, right. And through us, you found it. And so you now, learned to yeah. laugh at yourself when you got made fun of. Because you saw somebody else getting upset and outraged about them being made fun of, but you thought it was funny. And you all learned to laugh and have and find humor in other people being outraged and then eventually in yourself being outraged. You could still be outraged, but you can find the humor of it. The humor in it and the camaraderie with other people who are experiencing the same thing. Yeah, man. I think I think you just you just defined um you just defined the 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 moral energy of the whole thing. Yeah. It's true. Cause it's like not if it's not malicious, you know, I wanna hurt your feelings on purpose, intent, you know, what's the other side of that? You know, what there's gotta be a, a overarching purpose to all of this outrage and offensive shit has got and that that would be the purpose to find the find the camaraderie in it. Y'all all gonna be mad about something, so why not put the rest of your differences aside? Oh. And then now you have this one thing you can all be angry at. And then once we fix that one thing, we explain to you what the overall idea was and what it was about and how you all ended up here. And now that thing gets taken away. What 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 conflict do you have left? Yeah, you man. threw all your other conflicts away to come here in solidarity for your concentrated anger at this one thing. So if we can remove that one thing, aren't we all friends now? You're not freeing them from their possessions. You're freeing them from their outrage. You're setting them free. You're right. setting them free. That's right. With this, werewolves. This is this is some... Uh, this is some high level world saving shit we're into right now. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Like what pissed you off? 
Oh, God's chosen beverage. I can't. I can't with these guys. <laughs> well, what was it for you? The fucking eight ball time travelers. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> what Cup about patriarchy? Leaf in milk and cookies. <laughs> milk What's in that fucking milk? Oh, I love it. Cut claws. Bronxy. <laughs> Bryce gonna piss off a whole borough. <laughs> <laughs> but they know it's true. They're gonna they piss off a true. whole borough. They're gonna be like, wait, what the fuck you trying to say, son? Look, when you get a when you have video footage of like a 15-year-old kid being stabbed to death in broad daylight in front of video cameras. Nah, man. You get you get it. You get it. You get right. it. You won. You won. If you're if you're not known, if you can't be known for stabbings, then nobody can be known for stabbings. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Right. You're Bronxy. They're passing out they're passing out privilege over there. As an adjective, you would know exactly what it means. To my understanding, no one ever calls anything Bronxy. That's kind of Bronxy. You know, no, I, yeah, nobody no. uses that. But if you started using it that way and you saw some shit that was, you know, particularly egregiously violent, you could probably say, yeah, that's kind of Bronxy. That's yeah. kind of, you know, I mean, if, if I if I drove by Newark, New Jersey, and I just saw shit everywhere, you know, construction materials and shit's dilapidated and nobody's trying to, you know, the city ain't investing any money in revitalization. I would, I would, I could see myself driving past. I'm like, wow, this this area of New Jersey is pretty Bronxy. Some Bronxy <laughs> things going on around here. There's there's no revitalization. It just just kind of fucked up and run down. Bronxy, yeah, just blame it on them. Because everybody against... else blames it on New Jersey, that's for sure. You have no idea how many movies and TV shows I've seen where you know just filth and shit like that. It's just like, hey, what do you want? It's Jersey. Shit like that. They did people fucking disgusted by Jersey. And then I moved to Florida and it seemed like everything, all the bad shit became Florida. You know, Florida man and fucking all this kind of shit. Jersey and Florida, two of those places. But you can't give those like you can't use those as those kind of names. Bronx works. Bronxy, it works and it's and it's self explanatory. Anybody who's ever been to the Bronx will know what's Bronxy. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's it's just if you could bottle danger, it's just this is this is what danger smells like. Yeah, danger we, and mold. We bottled it. <laughs> danger and mold, a little bit of alleyway piss. That's Bronxy. <laughs> Nothing against the wonderful citizens of the Bronx. Right, you are beloved. Right, the but, ones who aren't stabbing people to death. Right, I think I think you can admit. I think you could admit it's a particularly um, rough area to live in and to look at. I'm sorry. It's it's rough. It's so rough. We named it, so we named a unicorn after it. Right. So, so I, I mean, how, how, for? how much more flattering could that be? Right. So fuck, it's a unicorn. Everybody loves unicorns. Yeah. It's the third eye. Bronxy the unicorn, bro. That could go on it. That could be. I feel like plushies should be made of that. Plushy Bronxy the unicorn, with like bloody horn. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Funko Pop with with right. a, a very cute, bright-eyed, you know, big, big cartoony anime eyes, 
multicolored hair unicorn, straight sure. up unicorn. But there's for some reason, from the horn to the bottom of the face, it looks like that scene in Carrie, and there's just blood running down it, and you don't always, you know, is is this a is this a is this a did they like fuck up on the design of this? Is this like a malfunctioned production? Is it? It's not supposed to like somebody spilled red dye on this. Oh no no, it's blood. Yeah, it's it's blood. <laughs> He's got a blood. horn like a box cutter. Right. He <laughs> <laughs> got a box cutter on the top of his of his forehead. That's how he rolls. <laughs> oh shit, man! I love. Yeah, we gotta find a name for this. Uh, for this. Uh, that's radioactive German Shepherd situation. I feel like you you just injected something. I feel like it kind of took the front of the line. It kind of just stood in front of everything else. I think so, man. That 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 was a that was a nice <laughs> bit of genius to inject into the already chaotic and offensive situation. Uh, so yeah, that's the homework. We gotta we gotta figure out a name for this dude. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to sleep on that one. I'm going to envision the whole story. And just like we heard Larry's name reach out from the from the darkness, <laughs> from the abyss. Hey, yo, Larry! That's Larry Bandell. <laughs> so I'm sure this guy's name is going gonna, is gonna to call out to us, too. Maybe we just got to tap into, the, tap into the, the, the future version of ourselves who've already found the perfect name and have them send it back through the matrix to us. Retrocausality. Yeah. All right, I'm going to take a bunch of mescaline and make it happen. I'm oh, hell yeah. Part. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Uh, now we talking. <laughs> Dude, we're we going to... Uh, I'm telling you, I'm going to have an open, a open-ended uh, ceremony planned. We're just going to... It's going to land on one of those cosmic alignment days. But yeah, it's 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 approaching. It's approaching. We're gonna get you. Uh, see see if we can get you on at least uh, at least three at least three grams of psilocybin. I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready. I just don't know. I think I, so. I, I joke and I kid, but I I don't know. <laughs> I think as long as the as long as it's a guided, I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest like. Eating three grams of shrooms and then going to the mall by yourself or something like that. But if if you're in the right environment and everything is is curated properly, I think I think it'd be useful. It's all about the atmospheric curation. We'll see. We'll see. I'll I'll try to de pussyfy myself before then. <laughs> Word, man. So yeah, brother. Enjoy the rest of the night. I'm going to be crashing early for sure. And uh, yeah, we'll link up again soon. All right, man. Always a pleasure, bro. All right, man. Bless. Peace.